Hello, and welcome to Jacques Talks Episode 2. I, I'm Jacques, and today, well, I'll be talking again. So, I, I gave myself a round of applause for Episode 1. I'm going to do it again today, because I think Episode 2 is really where I officially become a podcast. Because if I had never done another one, would this really be a show, or would it have just been... I sat down and talked for an hour. Um, but yeah, here we are today. We're back at it. I do need to start with a bit of a correction. Last week, I had been talking about, uh, I don't remember specifically, but Dunkin' Donuts was one of the the premises of it. Um, a bit of a comparison, I think, between Minnesota and Massachusetts, where to get coffee and stuff like that. And I had said that there's no Dunkin' Donuts in Minnesota. And that's just false. It's not true. Unfortunately, I got that wrong. And so I do need to be canceled for that. So if you want to stop listening now because I'm just spreading rumors and lies on my show, then that's fine. You can log off now. I do I do acknowledge that that was a unforgivable mistake. But I have a good reason for making that mistake, quite frankly, because there was no Dunkin' Donuts when I last lived in Minnesota for an extended period of time. I guess I kind of did over like COVID, but I was never made aware that they actually did start building Dunkin' Donuts in Minnesota while I was at college. So yeah, I, I'm just wrong. You can get all the Dunkins you want in Minnesota. Well, not all of the Dunkins you want, but there are apparently Dunkin' Donuts in specifically Rogers, Minnesota, if you're in the area, I guess. That's what I was informed of. So there you go. Definitely not as prolific Dunkin Donuts locations in Minnesota that that was the weirdest way to say that but they're pretty much on every street corner in Massachusetts so I kind of still stand by what I said but anyways yeah that's that's my correction to the first episode hopefully we'll go for zero corrections after this one but what do I know I tend to think I'm right on a bunch of stuff that I'm very much wrong so I guess we'll have to see on that note the reason I did know that there are Dunkin Donuts in Minnesota, even though I said there weren't, is because I actually have some listeners now. So shout out to you if you're listening. Last time it was a hypothetical if you're listening. Now I know I do. I did tell some friends about the start of my show. I still haven't really told the general population of my, you know, no post to Instagram or anything. So still maybe a little bit of nerves. I wanted to kind of, you know, fill my catalog up a little bit perhaps before I put myself out there but anyway shout out to to my early listeners um and for the for the information you know giving feedback about my lack of knowledge on the dunkin donuts front and otherwise and yeah okay so that's that's all that i guess i wanted to start by just kind of going through you know my week this week obviously it's been a week since my last podcast that's kind of how this goes (laughs) Um, but I had a good week this week. I had a pretty busy week at work, but you know, I managed to make it through. I didn't get fired. So that's another, another week on by. I've been working in, it'll be 10 days until 10 or like eight. I can't remember until I've officially worked, um, at my new job for six months, which is crazy. Cause it honestly feels like I just got out here, but it's been, it's been six months and I, I, I've lived out here now for over six months. So I just can't 
can't really be believe that almost. I don't know. It's I'm halfway to a year of living in a completely new state. I guess that's kind of how college felt too after I went home for after first semester of freshman year college. It was just kind of surreal almost that I'd lived away for that long. But this is now, I think, the... Mm, I was going to say this is the longest I've spent away from Minnesota at a time, but I did go back for, for Christmas, so I would have to sit and break that down. It might not be true that that was the longest, but I think it was from when I moved out here till Christmas, but who knows. Um, but yeah, I had a great week. I had a great weekend. I went in the bar I went to actually had a, a, a live cover band, um, so I got to see some live music this weekend. That's always a good time. And yeah, just overall, things things are good. Nothing really to, to speak on week-wise. I, I did do a good uh, update last week, so this week I didn't really want to talk too much about um, Massachusetts or updates per se on my life because we, we've already kind of gone over that. But I did want to talk about this one thing that happened to me this week because I don't know that I would say I was necessarily bothered by it, but it I'll, I'll, I'll just explain. So my hair was kind of getting long. I don't, I don't have an I don't dislike long hair is what I'm trying to say, but I really hate how my hair looks in a middle length. So not necessarily long, but not definitely not short anymore. I just really hate how it sits on top of my head. And I think I kind of look, I don't know, unapproachable. That's not right, but I just don't, I don't like how it looks. And at the end of the day, I, I don't care too much. I care a little bit about what other people think about how I look, I guess. I'd be lying if I said I didn't, but like 80% of why why I wear what I wear, why my hair's the length it is, is because that's how I like it when I look in the mirror, you know. I probably don't see myself more than anyone, but I'm the one who sees myself every morning, every night. Anyways, I, I digress. And so I just, I didn't, I kind of was feeling not growing it out this time because I did kind of let it grow out a little bit when I moved out here, it was pretty freaking long. I didn't really cut it over the summer, if I remember. So I think some of the last pictures I have of me and my family, my hair's kind of getting up there in length. But this time around, I did get it cut over Christmas break, and my hair grows pretty fast. So I got to get it cut like every month-ish, a month and a half, every six weeks or so. And so it was getting to a point where it wasn't getting long, but I wanted to trim. I wanted it shorter. So I wanted to go get a haircut. And I... I like having it done midweek, so it has a couple days to kind of grow out before I see people like on the weekend. So I'm obviously, as you can tell, kind of picky about it all. It's all kind of, I don't know, me just being annoying. A lot of times it just comes down to me like looking in the mirror in a given morning and just saying I can't deal with my hair at this length anymore because it's just sitting not how I like it. Also, added factor this time around is I'm actually growing out my mustache, which is... I, if you've seen me in the last couple of weeks, you, you know this, but if you haven't, then surprise. I, I think it actually looks pretty good on me. Just the mustache, no other facial hair. And I thought the mustache and medium length hair combo was kind of not the vibe. So I also wanted to clean up my hair to kind of go with the facial hair. Anyways, that's just, that's also why I kind of was just, I need to go get a haircut today. This was on Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember. So all the, okay, I'll, I'll just, I also have to add a bit of a confession to this. I am really cheap when it comes to haircuts. I really don't care where I get my haircut. I don't care anything 
about who does it, this, that, whatever. So I don't, I don't really go to salons. I don't go to a barber shop. I generally just go to like great clips. Um, and I know that's not probably what I should be doing, but at the end of the day, my hairstyle or whatever is really simple. It's just the length on top and around the sides and back. And I know what I like and I'm able to tell them and it's really straightforward. And I, I've only maybe once or twice in my life had a bad job with my hair being cut by like a great clips or super cuts or whatever. And it's usually just because they do my part really weird. So it ends up making some of the hair on the back of my head stick up weird because I have a double colic. So my hair does tend to do kind of weird things. I, I don't really understand how my hair... I think a lot of people probably can sympathize with this. I feel like half the time it's afternoon or whatever and I go and look in the mirror and I just have pieces of my hair sticking almost straight up. And I get it's because I was laying on my bed or whatever. But it's almost like my hair is defying gravity. I don't understand how there's nothing holding it up. I don't have gel in my hair. My hair isn't wet anymore. It's completely dry. I don't understand why it's sticking straight up. Because then what I do is I, I get a comb, I wet it, and try to comb it down. But it still is all weird. And at the end of the day, I'm just not a hair expert. I don't really know any of that shit. And so I probably sound really stupid, but I just, I never get it. I think, I think hair should just know what I want and just stay that way. And then I don't have to worry about it. But unfortunately, that's not how it is. Anyways, let me actually get to the point of the story. I just spent three minutes <laughs> droning on about why I get my hair cut. Anyways, so I, I needed all the great clips. Like I said, I, I just go cheap. I don't really care. I'll just get whatever's convenient to cut my hair. And so there's, there's no great clips or anything really close to where I live, but there's a super cuts that is about 10 minute drive from where I live. So, and it closes at 6 p.m. or something like that. And so I get off of work at 5.30. That's when I have to be done. I can't leave earlier than that. So I knew if I wanted to get my hair cut that day because I woke up, looked myself in the mirror, I was like, I need a haircut today. So I decided to go over my lunch break, which is noon to one. That's what it was on Tuesday. So I leave at noon. I drive the 10 minutes over there. I walk in, it's dead. There's not a single person in there. I'm like, cool, great. This is gonna work out for me because I was a little scared. I was gonna go in there, gonna be busy as hell. And I wasn't gonna be able to kind of fit in getting my haircut done in that hour. So I walk in and the lady, there's like three employees in there. No no customers know anything. Mind you, it's it's noon. So maybe they were on lunch break. I'll, I guess I can give them the benefit, the benefit of the doubt. But... She said, do you have an appointment today? And I said, no, I don't. I was just looking for a walk-in. And she said, we're completely booked today. If you don't have an appointment, we can't cut your hair. And I was like, who's here for the appointment? There's no one here. There's no cars. It's it's the middle of a, an hour. So why would they not have, like like I said, I, I was there at 12, 10, pretty shortly after lunch. So I guess... It could have been the case that they were all on lunch break, but that didn't really make sense to me because, I don't know, why would you have appointments but not have one a person at noon? I didn't get it. Maybe they're just making an excuse for me to get out of there, but I was pretty frustrated because I spent, like, t- 
time out of my day to go get my hair cut and there was no one there. So I, I was, what do I do now? Because I've already kind of gone out of my way to get this haircut and I've already committed I want this haircut and I'm, I'm not willing to wait, especially because, you know, I acknowledge that Supercuts isn't the greatest place to get your haircut. So I'm not trying to schedule an appointment. If I'm going to go out of my way to get an appointment, I'm going to go to a nicer place and I didn't really care. I just wanted to spur the moment, just please, whoever is available right now, cut my damn hair. That's, that's the vibe I was going for. And so I consulted Google Maps and I, I wanted to know where the next closest place was because I know the nearest Great Clips is 25 minute drive from where I live and that was gonna be too far out of the way for me to make it back in time like on my lunch break. But at that point, I was only 15 minutes away now from that Great Clips and because it, it's, yeah, it's like a 15-minute drive from where I was at that point. And I decided I was just already committed to getting the haircut. So I just sent it to this Great Clips. And I went out and it was almost the same vibes as a Super, super Cuts. No one in there. There's two employees. I walked right in, sat right down, just as the slogan goes. And there we are. I got my haircut. Honestly, I didn't think he did the greatest job, if I'm being honest. It wasn't my best Great Clips experience, but you know what? It got the job done. I'm looking fresh. I'm looking clean. But I don't know. Is that is that normal? I, I don't know hair haircut places or salons really at all. It just seemed weird to me that they... Because you, you had to... I guess they can't assume, but my haircut takes, what, all of 10 minutes to do? They easily could have fit me in there, in my opinion. That's, you know, whatever. I'm sh thinking about it now. They're probably on break or something, but... I was frustrated because then because I went all the way out of my way to drive to go get my hair cut at that 25 minute away place. I ended up getting back at 140 or something, 130. I can't even remember. And so I had to just work late on Tuesday instead of getting done at 530. I got done at 6, 10, 6, 20, which I can do, which I'm very grateful for my job that I'm able to do that because I don't, I don't have a clock in or clock out type job you know when I my lunch break happens I don't have to clock out and then clock back in when I start working again it's just a given that I'm going to be working eight hours on a given day and then the typical lunch break is noon to one and then sometimes during my weeks I, I get scheduled lunches because of the responsibilities I have at my job so some days I'll have lunch schedule from one to two and I just have to take it that way and some days I have just taken a one to two lunch if I'm busy working on something and don't want to stop at noon I'll just work from noon to one instead, take my lunch from one to two. So it's really kind of awesome, the freedom I have in that regard. But anyways, yeah, honestly, there wasn't really anything to complain about in that haircut story. I just really, that's what this podcast is all about. You know, I just, uh, I need to get those stories out. So I appreciate you bearing with me uh, with that one. But anyways, yeah, that was my week. That's really, that's really the only thing notable that happened <laughs> during the weekdays. Otherwise, it was just work, a lot of work and um, I started watching Euphoria actually this week. I don't really have anything to say about it. Um, the hype has kind of been there online for the second season, you know, kind of mixed hype, I guess, but I didn't really feel like I was missing out, but I like being able to relate or understand or not having to like skip by the memes when they're on like my Twitter feed or, you know, TikTok or whatever. So I decided to give the show a try. It's not really my vibe. I watched the first couple episodes, 
but I think I'll, I think I'll keep up with it and see how, see how it continues. It's really interesting, definitely entertaining, but yeah, so I, I spent some time doing that this week and yeah, that's, that's all that's really been all I've really been up to, but obviously that's not, that's not the end of the episode. We've only been here a little while now. So if you're looking for some super cool content now, now is where we get into it. So I think I mentioned this last week and excuse me if I make some weird noises right now. I'm sitting down deeper into my chair. Excuse me. I could have made that less weird. Anyways, I kind of want the focus of a lot of my episodes to be kind of a theme of some sort, some, some realm of a domain of story, experience sharing, storytelling, however you want to explain it. So I want, I want to start dedicating podcast episodes to years in my life. So I want to have a time where I can talk about stories of when I was abroad, um, because I have a lot of cool different experiences and stories from when I was in London and a couple different cities in Europe. And I do want to spend some time talking about the the years of college I had because there's definitely a different vibe and different different funny things that happened in every year that I was in college because a lot of the stories I had are very dependent on like where I lived and who where my friends lived and stuff like that. So I definitely think that those would be really interesting things to talk about and just kind of recall. And then there's other things not necessarily dedicated to years of my life per se like those. Um, if you don't know, um, a big thing I've done, I guess, to this point in my life, I don't know how much more I will do in my life, but I, I was a marching band kid. So kind of a kind of a thing. So I think I have a lot of different experiences to share and talk about regarding marching band in general. And I think it would be weird if I just dedicated dedicated is such a, a weird word to me because it's like shout out shout out to freshman year college. This one's for you. And then you know, that's not like what I mean, but I'd like to talk about some of the stuff that went on through marching band. And I think most of the people who will end up listening to my podcast are people who don't, or, you know, my friends who didn't do marching band. And obviously I've shared some experiences, some stories and some funny things that have happened and joked about, you know, how corny and stupid marching band is at the end of the day. Um, Not that I actually think that, but, you know, I mean, okay, I don't need to go there right now, but I think it'd be good to kind of just give a perspective on stuff like that. Some of the different things I've done over the years. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about some some high school stuff I remember. I think it'd be good at some point to talk about like random little things I remember from being a kid. Um, and I think especially with that is the whole point of me talking and doing this show at the end of the day, I think I said this last week too, is I, w- I just want to have this so I can remember stuff now because you know I was realizing I don't really remember all of the stupid funny things I did in high school you know there's a couple I've kind of reconnected with a couple of my friends from high school out here in Massachusetts which is kind of funny I never really expected that to be a thing but what I've realized in some of you know our conversations about high school and stuff like that I realized how much I, I actually didn't remember and I you know stuff that I not, not like that I can't believe I didn't remember, but I've always just held my 
memory skills to be really good and just acknowledging that my memory isn't as strong you know every day I end up it's more stuff I'm remembering so I forget other things and so I want to just come on and talk about different things I remember and different experiences and stuff like that just so I have the ability to go back and listen to it at some point anyways I think I said that entire thing last week see we're talking about memories I don't I honestly it's low-key a blackout when I sit down and record because that's just how it goes so I don't remember exactly if I said all that stuff but essentially that that's what I'm trying to get out of just sitting down and talking every week is just having a topic to talk about and just recounting all my different stories, experiences, rants, you know, side notes, all the whole shebang. But anyways, I decided I didn't want to start with freshman year of college or something like that, especially because I kind of want to get the ball rolling with a more broad topic. So I was kind of thinking of what I wanted to talk about this week. And so I sat and thought about it. I actually put a, a decent amount of thought because when I'm just sitting in the shower, washing my hair, I, I say sitting like I just <laughs> lay down in the bathtub. No, like when I'm alone in the shower, just thinking, you know, water hitting me, I, can you hear that? There's a siren outside my window. I wonder if that'll be picked up by the microphone. I have no clue. Anyways, if you can't hear a siren, sorry I interrupted my ramble, but if you can, I apologize as well. That <laughs> that totally derailed my train of thought. But yeah, when I sit in the shower, I just think and think like, what am I going to talk about? What is there to talk about? I don't know. And I remembered a shower thought I had when I just had moved out here. And I was really kind of going through being lonely. And it wasn't even the first couple of weeks I was out here, it wasn't even so much that I felt lonely. It was that I felt alone. And the difference there to me was I didn't feel like I didn't have people to talk to. I didn't feel like people didn't care about me. I didn't feel like when I moved out here that I don't have friends or something like that. It was more I'm just alone out here for like the first time in my life I'm not living with people and yes I lived in a single and senior year of college but I lived right across the hall from close friends I lived a building away from a bunch of people I knew I lived a scooter ride away from my best friends and now I'm a good 20 plus minute drive away from my closest friends out here in Massachusetts and I'm a good 24 hour drive three hour plane ride from any family and I just the feeling of that it's the first time in my life I really experienced that and just almost feeling alone and so like I said this is just a shower thought I had and it was just if I if I just had a heart attack right now if I just collapsed in the shower and needed help and was dying. Oh, who? I wouldn't get any help. And how soon would people even know that I died? And that's super depressing and something I, I don't actually deal with or think about. You know, I'm not actually up late at night thinking about that every night. But 
I do, you know, it, it was something that crossed my mind. And I, I talked about it with some friends and they, you know, made me realize how kind of a stupid thought it was because at the end of the day, if I did collapse in my shower, it would be within 24 hours that people would get concerned about me. And I think I was just kind of being delusional, but I think I was being at the same time kind of reasonable. I feel like a lot of people probably go through that kind of almost thought process the first time they're just completely, I don't want to use the word alone, but you know, alone. So I, I don't, you know, still deal with that thought, but I, when I kind of was rethinking about that this past week, I realized it might be an interesting thing to talk about near-death experiences that I've had. Because, quite frankly, I haven't had... I actually haven't had a lot of, technically speaking, near-death experiences. But there's a lot of times in my life where I've kind of been freaked out to the point of one, not wondering, is this where I'm going to die? But, you know, kind of freaky, sudden, if things had been a little bit different circumstances, I may have died. I don't know. <laughs> so I thought, you know, we're going to start off with just an extremely sad and depressing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all of these stories are really, really funny. Um, because at the end of the day, none of this was even close to death. I, I've i never really been, except for one time. We'll get we'll get to one time where I legitimately thought I, I was going to die while I was midair. But the rest of this stuff is just kind of my different experiences um, with, you know, bad accidents and stuff like that. And really, to me, it's just a better way of putting, you know, like, bad things happen, but everything is just kind of a bad thing that happened. And I can look back and laugh at all of it. So anyways, let's shift from kind of a dark, thoughtful tone to just kind of getting into it. I think the biggest point of conversation for in quotations, near-death experiences for me is car accidents. So I think this is probably the same for a lot of people. I know different friends who've been in pretty bad car wrecks. You know, my sister actually has gotten like hit off into the ditch once. I know a friend who rolled his truck. I knew someone who impacted a semi because they fell asleep at the wheel. So I know plenty of people who've had pretty bad experiences while driving. I was actually, no, I'm actually thinking of one right now, but I I didn't remember when I was trying to remember the different stories I wanted to tell. But one time it was on a band trip. I can't even remember which one, but we were in a tour bus, you know, a big coach bus, whatever. And it was the middle of the night. And I for some reason, just kind of stirred awake because it was an overnight trip. I think it was in college. I think it was when we were driving from Indiana to New York. And I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I woke up and it was just a really bad rainstorm. Actually, maybe it wasn't because that trip, it was snowing. Maybe it was a snowstorm. I don't remember the details, but it was, there was definitely a storm of some kind. We were right next to a semi. And I don't know what jolted me awake. Maybe the semi hit our our bus first and that made me wake up but that's what happened is i woke up and i looked over and the semi was really close to us and then all of a sudden like boom like the semi like hit our bus like we collided on the side and luckily nothing bad happened that would have been really bad you know a whole bus full of band kids derailing 
Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I mean, stuff like that has happened too. I'm pretty sure most people have been in different car interactions and accidents. I haven't been in any bad accidents, but I've definitely been in a good number of them actually. And I've never been the driver in any car accident. So I'm kind of cool for that, I guess. I'm a, I'm a good driver, which I honestly would say is probably not that true. I don't think I'm a bad driver, but I'm definitely not the greatest driver. I, I'm willing to admit I'm not crazy good. There's been plenty of close calls for accidents for me being the driver, but I have a good, I guess, luck, instinct. I, I don't even know what you want to attribute it to, but... You know, I've never actually been in an accident, but I've been, like I said, I've been in quite a few. So the first one I was ever in was when I was in probably sixth grade. And I used to be in this, it was, I don't remember exactly what type of club it was, but it was essentially kind of 4-H-esque. It was kind of a youth city council type group thing. It was called like, the Leos or something. I don't even remember. If you know what I'm talking about, maybe you can let me know, but I don't remember. It was for the town of Hamill, Minnesota, I think, too. My friend convinced me to do it with them because they have, like, family who lived there. I don't know. I just, dude, I, I rolled with it. I'm down for whatever. If you can convince me to go do something with you, it's not super weird. Even if it is super weird, I'm, I'm pretty easily convinced to do stuff most of the time. Not always. Sometimes I just have my mindset on not doing something, but anyways off topic. We were driving there. Like I said, my friends convinced me to do it, or my one friend convinced me to do it with her family, because I was pretty good friends with with her at the time. And this was sixth grade, I think. It was fifth or sixth grade. It was super early middle school or late elementary school. I'm 95% certain it was sixth grade, though. And usually my friend's mom drove us, but my friend's sister had just gotten her license recent, recently, within six months of this moment. And so her mom couldn't drive us one time, and so her sister decided, or her sister was going to drive us this time. And so we were driving to an event with this group. I was in the back seat. My sister was riding shotgun, and my sister's, or my, my friend was riding shotgun. My friend's sister was riding or driving the car. And I, I think I knew at the time, and we even joked about before we left, is she had already gotten a ticket for speeding and been in another accident or something like that. She was just not a good driver. But me being young at the time, I mean, what am I, I wasn't really scared of anything happening, but I probably should have been because we actually got in a pretty bad accident. Um, she just ran a red, and it's because... I think the what had happened was the green, it turned green for the the left lanes to turn, but she just saw the green and drove. So she drove, and it was like a head-on collision with this other dude who was turning left. And I was in the backseat. I didn't really, I, I think I got shooken up a bit. Like my head slammed into the seat in front of me, but I was fine. I had to talk to a police officer, though, who asked me to recall what happened I think I don't even remember but that was my first experience being in a car accident and I was it was kind of shocking to me I was I remember kind of sitting in the back seat of the car while we were waiting for the police to show up and whatever they were exchanging insurance and all that crap because I was just a third party to all of this I remember sitting in the back almost being I think I probably did sit there and think about oh sh like oh shit I 
<laughs> that was a car accident. And if she had swerved a little too hard or something, the impact could have been on my car door instead of it being like a head-on collision. So I, that kind of shook me up. And I don't know. Did it have a lasting impact on me? No, I don't really think so. I don't think any of these, any of the stories at all I'm going to say today really left an impact on me. I think the only time I'm ever really shooken up when I'm in a car is when I do have a really close to an accident event. And then I'm really tense the rest of my time while I'm in that car. So, but I, I try to calm myself down, but I, I don't think any of any of this stuff has left a, a necessarily lasting impact on me. But anyways, that was the first time I was in, a, in an accident. The second time I was in an accident was around the same time. It was like middle school-ish. Got to be fifth, sixth, seventh grade around then. A lot of these are around the same time. I don't remember exactly. So the I, I remember that one specifically being the first time I was in a car accident, but the next three I'm going to tell, they could have happened in any order and I just don't remember. But the second one was I was with my mom and sister and this one this one isn't even an accident but i was with my mom and sister and we actually went to do a taste test and so my mom's my mom signed me and my sister up all the time for these taste test things and we would show up and we would try new flavors of yogurt and granola bars and stuff like that and they would pay us 50 bucks or so it was like a good gig we got to show up and eat food and they paid us and we just had to like fill out questionnaires about how good the food was if we would buy it stuff like that but 50 bucks for you know a sixth grader and my mom would let us keep the whole money she was super awesome about it but it would kind of be scummy if my mom didn't let us keep the money obviously we technically earned it but i mean you know how it is so but we were on our way back from one of those, and it was one of those days where it rained, but it was in the 20s or so, so the roads were super duper slick. And we were driving out of an exit, or we were taking an exit, you know. It was one of the clover ones, so it goes around, you know. But the thing we were going around was this mini pond. And the road was really slick and we were driving, we took the exit and I remember, cause I was so scared in this moment too, because it doesn't help that my mom was the driver because she like freaks out when stuff like this happens. And so our car like lost traction and we literally did a three, I guess it was a 180 spin on the road. And it was so scary. It almost seemed like we were going to slide off and the car was going to go into this pond obviously i don't think we would have drowned or anything it wasn't a lake or we weren't falling off a bridge into water but it was so scary because my mom like started screaming and we were just no control of the car and we completely spun around and luckily like i said there was no accident so there wasn't a car behind us that hit us or anything like that and we were able to there there just wasn't any other cars on the road it was pretty late at night it had to have been like 9 30 10 p.m probably Maybe I'm misremembering that, but it was late. It was dark out. And no cars came, so we just slowly inched our car around and finished getting off the exit. But that was that was super scary to me. Me and my sister were so frightened. Um, we were both in the back seat, and I don't know. That was just, that was a whole event. I did, I did, in that moment, certainly, I think, my life low-key flashed before my eyes. Looking back, there's no chance that we were going to actually 
be in any danger. Maybe the car could have been wrecked or something, but we definitely were not going to die necessarily. Um, and so the other accident that happened with my mom as a driver, this one actually, the more I've thought about it, I think this one could have happened before my friend's sister was the driver, but I, I don't, I might be misremembering dates and all that stuff. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But this one was, we were leaving the hospital. My grandpa was in the hospital because he was dying of um, heart failure. And we had went to the hospital to visit him because it was the only time we really could. I believe it was a Sunday. Because none of it, all of us kids went. And I don't think we had to like get picked up from school. Actually, it couldn't have been a Sunday because the problem with the story is it was like rush hour traffic. And so I think we left school early to go visit my grandpa in the hospital. It was one of his last days. It was a really sad moment for my entire family. And on the way home from the hospital, it was really, really bumper to bumper traffic, super bad. And for some reason, I think I've talked to my mom about this. I think she was really just having a tough time focusing because of everything happening with my grandpa. It was my, my dad's dad who's in the hospital, but obviously he was really close with my mom too. You know, my entire family, it was really sad, um, his passing away when I was younger, but my mom, it was stop and go, right? So there's a lot of, you know, tapping on the brake, tapping on the gas, whatever. And my mom just had accidentally tapped on the gas instead of tapping on the brake to stop. And so she rear-ended the car in front of us. And my mom <laughs> screamed, freaking out about it, and got scared. And so it tried to slam on the brake to correct her mistake, but ended up slamming on the gas again out of being scared. So she hit the car in front of her and then slammed on the gas and like hit them again. And so I had mad whiplash because I was in... When we were kids, me and my siblings always fought about who got the front two seats because we had a van that had three back seats and two front seats. But the three back seats sucked because the two seats in front squeezed you. You had less leg room and you had to be usually the person in the middle in the back was the worst seat because then you were also stuck between two of the, you know, annoying siblings, whatever. And for whatever reason, I got the unfortunate back middle that day. And so right in front, like head level to me in front of me was the headrest of the seat in front of me. And so when my mom hit the car, I, I smacked my head in the seat in front of me. And then she did it again. She slammed on the gas. And so my head like absolutely smacked the, that seat back. And I had I, what felt like at the time the worst headache I've ever had in my life. Obviously, I was probably just being a baby about it freaking out about you know the adrenaline of an accident but that that was kind of scary I remember some of my other family who was also at the hospital came and helped us on the side of the road and my I remember my cousin Brandon who's 10 or so years older than me checking in on me making sure I was okay gave me some water like brought water for us so that one ended up being okay too and yeah, that, that was pretty pretty scary moment, especially given all of us were really sad and not in a good place because of my grandpa. But that that one, you know, once again, no real true near-death frightening experiences because we were just in stop-and-go traffic, right? 
but the next one is probably the worst accident I've ever been in. This is the last one I've been in. And this was, I think, probably 10th grade, 9th grade maybe. It was definitely later, early high school. But it was before I got my driver's license, so my dad was still driving me and my sister to and from practice. And so there was one night he picked us up from practice. It was me and I think actually my two sisters. I think my my middle sister had already started doing band with us. My sisters did color guard. You know, the, the dancers and whatnot. But so my dad was driving us home for practice from practice and we were waiting at a red light. It turned green and we, you know, he started driving on green and this truck, who we later find out was just some teenage girl, 16-year-old, whatever, ran the red, just ran her red, never stopped. And so we T-boned her. We we impacted the middle of her truck. And that was so, so scary because you just, that was probably the most didn't see it coming moment because all the rest of them, obviously you don't see an accident coming really ever, but it was almost you know, those things you could almost see coming. I was in the car of the person making the mistake. But this time we were just normal, whatever. I'm probably, I was probably looking at my phone. I probably wasn't even watching the road, but all of a sudden, yeah, this truck just comes out of nowhere and we impact it. And it's just, a, it was a pretty bad crash, but I don't even think our car got wrecked because we were just driving straight from stop. So we weren't going 60 miles an hour or anything. Um, and the car we impacted was going, was the one going fast. So she pulled over whatever we called the cops and stuff like that. And she she was pretty freaked out. Um, I never saw her talk to her, but that's what we were under the impression of. But I don't know if you know this, and I don't know all the sp specific details of it, but in Minnesota for car accidents, a lot of times both parties end up being partially responsible. There's different laws in Minnesota about... If you see the car about to impact you, you have to honk your horn. And if you don't honk your horn, then you're partially responsible for the accident. It's like, there's all this bullshit. And I think this girl knew about that because it was clear and obvious that she had run the red and there was almost no denying it. But it was pretty late at night, so there was no witnesses or anything like that. And the police officer, when he came, he talked to the girl first. And then the girl came and talked to my dad. And my dad had already essentially turn the car off and everything because we were just sitting there waiting no point to keeping the, the car on especially you know you don't know what if there was any damage with the accident stuff like that the cop comes over to my dad and he goes like what happened from your point of view yada 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 and my dad you know explained the situation and then the cop goes well the girl says that she didn't even see you because your your headlights weren't on and my dad goes that's literally impossible and the police my dad said, they're not on right now because I turned the car off. So, and the police officer was essentially said, yeah, you, you don't have proof. Like she said that your headlights weren't on. And my dad goes, well, then you're taking her word over mine. And the police officer just kind of walked away on that. And I don't even remember, I'd have to ask my dad if there was some resolution there, if she had to, because I think at the end of the day, she was going to ask for us to pay for her car stupid i don't even want to think about what all happened i'm sure my dad figured it all out with the law and whatever i don't know if she ended up paying for whatever fix we had to get in her car but 
she totally just made up some stupid lie to the cop that my dad didn't have his headlights on, which was just totally impossible. And even if it was true, we were in a well-lit intersection. It wasn't darkness everywhere, so I don't know. But that one was scary because that was probably the the fastest uh, impact. I didn't get whiplash or hit my head against the a seat in that accident like I did in the previous one. But that was probably the the biggest impact I was in. So that, that was also kind of scary. But ultimately, that's really all the car troubles I've been in or car accidents. I've had some other car troubles. Um, I've had a couple flat tires. One of them, I was in the middle of Wisconsin driving back to school after COVID. Well, not like COVID ended, but we went home from college when COVID happened and then they let us come back to get our stuff and I popped my tire on the way, which was so brutal because then my dad had to give me or drive to me with a different car so I could continue going out to get my stuff. And he drove the car back with a temporary tire because it was on Memorial Day or Labor Day, whatever one of those is in the month of May. And so there was no tire stores open for me to get a new tire to finish the trip on my own. We had to switch cars. So that was pretty brutal. And the other time I had a flat tire, I was it was actually right after I got out here to Massachusetts and I just drove through a pothole. I think I might have complained about that last week too, that the roads out here are just super ass. There's so many potholes. And yeah, I just got a flat tire on one of them. So had to get new tires right when I got out here, like week one, maybe it was week two, I don't know, but that was pretty bad. And then the other bad thing that's happened to me on the road also happened in Massachusetts. This was week one. I was driving back with some friends from New York City because we went to go visit for a day. And I didn't know this because obviously I just moved out here, but apparently a lot of, I don't know if it's Massachusetts exclusive, if it's New England, if it's the East Coast, if it's just a lot of the country, I have no clue. But in Minnesota, when we do road work, it's just always out. The cones are out 24-7. If they're doing road work, it's just that part of the road is closed while they're working on it until they're done. But out here, they do road work nightly. And so they won't put cones and stuff out until it turns into nighttime. Or, you know, the day starts to turn into night. I don't, I don't know. I've never seen them putting out the cones. But when we drove out there, there was no construction. On our way back, there was construction. And it was super dark. We were on some highway, freeway, whatever we were on. And there was almost no, it, it wasn't a well-lit one. So it was really dark. And I was on the right side. I was in the right lane because the left lane was coned off. But the cones were really close to the middle, which obviously makes sense. They don't want you, you know, even getting into the lane at all if they're working on it. But the cones were pretty much the close to the middle of the road. And I was driving in the right lane and this semi is coming off an exit, merging into, into the right lane. And that's the only lane that's open. So usually what you do in those instances is you have to merge over to the left lane to give space for the semi. Cause the semi is, you know, a little slower, yada, yada, yada. I don't need to discuss cars merging in, in an exit, whatever, an on-ramp. And I knew I couldn't merge into the left lane and so I had two options, either slam on the brakes or slam on the gas to speed up to beat the semi so the semi wouldn't hit me. And so I chose to slam on the gas 
and I sort of wasn't exactly watching because I was worried about the semi. So I was kind of looking over the semi, stepped on the gas. I don't know, it was split decisions, kind of stupid of me. But anyways, my left rear view mirror smacked one of the cones and shattered my mirror. And oh my gosh, that's one of those moments, I, I was talking about this just a little while ago, is moments where I get really close to being in a bad accident. And so I'm just freaked out and tense the rest of my trip. That's exactly what happened here. My left mirror got smacked and I just, oh, I, I was so scared. It was the worst thing that had happened to me other than those flat tires. But the flat tires, you just run over something bumpy. You're like, oh, what was that? And then you find out your tire went flat. But this time I like, my car made impact with that cone. It was a heavy cone, you know, it's not just a flimsy little piece of crap. I mean, it shattered my mirror. And, oh, I was just so freaked out. I was so scared. And the rest of the, we saw an hour and a half, two hours left in our drive. And it was dark out, you know, we were returning at night. So that, that really did scare me. But I guess obviously not near death. So I, now I'm kind of regretting calling this a near death experience type discussion because I've said this 50 times already. None of this is near death, but this is this has been my experience with accidents, I guess. Um, that's pretty much all the car issues I've ever had. I've had different issues with brakes and stuff, but that's just needing to get the brake pads replaced and stuff like that. And yeah, I've been otherwise pretty safe. Um, considering, you know, talking about near-death experiences, I've been hospitalized twice. Um, but both were for routine, to some extent, routine surgeries. The first surgery I ever had, the first time I was hospitalized, I was three years old. And I was pretty, pretty um, exploratory, I guess you could say, when I was three. And so I had this miniature lightsaber. And we had just moved into our new house in essentially the house I grew up in and my family currently still lives. And I think I was about three, maybe I was four, I don't even know. But yeah, so I took this little mini lightsaber and I shoved it in my ear and I ruptured my eardrum. Cause you can you can pop your eardrum. That's not really a problem. And it'll repair itself. That's what you know divers do and different stuff like that. But I I made this absolute rupture to my eardrum. Just a giant hole, you know. And I apparently screamed in pain. It was really bad. But anyways, they had to go in and fix my eardrum. And so as a three-year-old, I had to go to like a child hospital, get the surgery. It was pretty scary for me. I still remember, this is one of those memories I had from a little kid. I still oddly remember being in the hospital after the surgery and getting this, my, my aunt and uncle bought me this Darth Vader sucker thing. I remember that. I remember getting that and like being in the hospital, but I don't know if that's, there's different things that have been revealed about childhood memories and stuff. So is that actually a memory or just something I pretend to remember? I don't know, but I, I know for a fact that that stuff did happen. Um, and so the other time I was hospitalized is when I had to get my tonsils removed. Not really much to say there other than it was a terrible experience. Um, because yeah, just the week after getting your tonsils removed, at least for me, was just so terrible. I would never, would never advise anyone do it, though I actually would advise people do it because the reason I got my tonsils out was because I was getting strep throat two to three times a month for four or five months straight. And it was, essentially it was the only way I could resolve the situation was getting my tonsils removed because the virus was 
stuck in my tonsils and stuff. So I would just continuously get reinfected and it was really bad. So I ended up getting them removed, whatever. Um, so yeah, I guess either of those times in the hospital, the doctor could have messed up. You know, they both of them, I had anesthesia or did I say that right? I don't even know. They put me under, you know, with drugs and I could have never woken up. You never know, but that's not the case. I made it out. So there's those. And then looking at my time here, I don't have much time left in my hour, but I do have two more stories that I kind of wanted to save for my, uh, a podcast about my time studying abroad, but I think there's a lot to say in, you know, a conversation about that stuff. So I think it's fair to keep these stories here. I think they're really good stories. So hopefully I can fit them in the next seven minutes, but these are the two probably scariest moments that I've ever had in my life. And they were both when I was in Europe. And I think both of these times were the two times I actually, not even joking, had some level of fear for my life. So the first one was when I got hit by a motorcycle. And what had happened was I was walking to a Tesco, which is just a grocery store, essentially. Um, and I just went to go get bread, food, whatever, some snacks. I don't even remember what I was going for. But I left the apartment building I lived in. And this is something I've reflected on, but if you remember back to driver's ed when they tell you one of the points of emphasis at least for me was when you look both ways to make sure it's okay at a stop sign you know you have to actually look instead of just glance and look for something moving because motorcyclists and bikers are kind of hard to see and that's where most motorcycle accidents happen I think is people just not seeing them and that's what happened to me. So I was, you know, of course, on my phone picking music that I was going to play with my headphones. I was still a loser at the time. I'm pretty sure I had wired headphones. It wasn't even, you know, I really, what I'm trying to say is I didn't really have a reason to be on my phone, I guess. Um, I, you know, it wasn't, I guess that doesn't really change anything the more I think about it. Anyways, I digress. I looked before crossing and I looked the correct direction too because a lot of people get confused in London because the car's driving the wrong way so a lot of people get into situations like I did because they look for a car coming to the left but it's really they're coming from the right but I looked the correct direction that traffic comes on that street it was a one way I glanced over I didn't see a car and so I went back to looking at my phone while I was crossing the street and well, I, the motorcyclist, I, he must have slowed down to some degree. I don't remember how fast he was going, but he wasn't, he wasn't just going at a crawl speed. I didn't just get bumped. I got impacted by the motorcycle and I flew through the air. Luckily not into, it was, it was an entrance to a roundabout, which is what I was crossing. So luckily I didn't get flung into the roundabout and hit by a car or something like that. I just got flung closer to the roundabout essentially but I flew through the air and I ended up with some pretty bad bruises and scrapes on my hands and knees shins whatever but I didn't break any bones I didn't have to go to the hospital it wasn't bad at all but I I swear to god flying through the air I I mean I I thought that was it I got hit I mean I I'd never been impacted that hard I've been punched I've been you know fallen hard and stuff like that but I'd never been full-on impacted by a moving vehicle ever 
and I was just so scared. And I, I got up. I was so embarrassed by this too because I got up and the motorcyclist had continued driving. He looked around to make sure, essentially, my opinion is he looked turned around to make sure I didn't die because he didn't stop and check if I broke any bones or anything. He turned around, looked at me, gave me, I mean, he had a, a helmet on, so I didn't see his eyes or anything, but his body language made it seem like he was mad at me almost, which, you know, deservedly so. I just walked in front of him driving, but he he looked around, made sure I was getting up and just sped off, didn't nothing. And it was kind of a busy area that there definitely had to have been multiple people who saw it, but only these this one woman who was handing out newspapers or selling newspapers, whatever, was like, hey, are you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But I, I don't know, I was so embarrassed. It was so bad. And I really, I don't know, maybe I didn't think I was gonna die, but I thought it was gonna be bad. I, I got hit what felt like really hard, and it probably was really hard. So, there's that. I mean, I was just being stupid. And when I told my mom that story for the first time, she <laughs> lost her shit. And I, I mean, not really, but I, I intentionally did not tell her that um, until I came home because I knew she'd be kind of freaked out for me being out there and stuff because she was kind of freaked out when I was going, you know, to Europe for six weeks. And so it is what it is. But anyways, so there's that. And then the other story um, or the other time in, in Europe that... I really was scared was when I was in Budapest on a, a weekend trip with some friends. One of my friends um, had an allergic reaction to some of the Hungarian food we ate. And so he had to go to the hospital. And so some of my friends went with him. So three of the people on our trip were at the hospital with him. And then me and my three other friends stayed back and didn't go with him to the hospital. And so it came to a point in the night, probably like 10, 11 p.m., where they were still at the hospital and they called us and they said, hey, our phones are about to die. And they had gone straight to that hospital from, we were on a, actually on a boat, uh, like a cruise up and down the river in Budapest. And so they went straight there from, from the boat. And so they called and said, we don't have our phone chargers and our phones are going to die. And if we don't have charged phones, there's no way we're going to be able to get back in the morning because we're in Budapest. We don't know, you know, how to call a taxi. We don't know any, you know, it was just essentially we had to bring them their phone chargers if for the, for the best case scenario, you know, but the scary thing was, is the hospital they were at was in the sketchy part of Budapest where, you know, there isn't a direct train to or anything. So me and my friend knew we had to go there get off a train and then walk what was probably like a mile in darkness in Budapest because in Budapest at 9 or so p.m. it's curfew so everything closes all the lights shut off stores close everything and I when I told when, when we got off the train and it was the part where we had to walk the rest of the way to the hospital I can't really speak for my my other friend who did the walk with me, but I was scared shitless. I I was continuously looking over my shoulder because, you know, I said this is the the tour guide who helped them get to the hospital had told them this is essentially the one part of Budapest that's known to be kind of sketchy and a place you don't want to find yourself at night, <laughs> essentially. And so there I did find myself <laughs> alone, clearly I don't want to say clearly a tourist, but, you know, just walking, I tried to walk fast, and 
it was just, it was so scary. I thought, I mean, I feared that something bad was going to happen to me. And I just kept praying that nothing happened. And luckily nothing did. We we walked there, gave them their charges. We hung out there. I think they kind of expected us to hang out with them there for for a while and go back with them in the morning. But I was just trying to go back. I was already scared. I, I kind of, at that point, was, you know, made the walk once. We can do it again type vibe. So I convinced my friend to go back with me. I just wanted to go sleep in a bed, you know. So it almost scares me rethinking re- of of that that's that's legitimately the scared most scared i've ever been i i was i've never been more scared walking through a city and i've walked through cities like minneapolis and boston now al- not alone but with just one or two other people at at night in not so well lit areas but i n- i never really have feared that something bad was going to happen in those places so that's that's just kind of how it is but okay i don't know if you guys can hear but there's there's a dog barking through some of the last of us talking about i don't know if i can't really tell if it's my neighbors or outside but i did have a comment from one of my listeners already that you can hear my neighbor's dog barking at some point so i apologize my mic is too good and i don't live in a studio so um hopefully that wasn't distracting anyways that's that's kind of it that's that's the end of my my list of near-death experiences. There's one other story. I See, I'm already a minute over an hour. I don't really want to go too long, but there's one other that I just kind of thought of that happened to me really recently, actually. I was... Oh, you know what? I'll... Mm, I kind of want to save this story. I'll save it. I'm going to write it down here. I'm writing it down. We'll save it for... I'll, I'll, I'll do another time where I talk about some Massachusetts stories. Um... And, and we'll, re- we'll recount that one there because that one wasn't – I wouldn't consider that near death. It was just a funny experience. If you know, you know. It's it's the guy who tried to break up my apartment. If you know the story, you know the story. I'll, I'll tell the whole thing another time. But anyways, yep, we are over an hour. Um, It kind of amazes me that I can just sit here for an hour. It doesn't even feel like five minutes. But, you know, that's that's the beauty of Jacques Talks is that that's why I'm here. I talk and I – just, I talk. And that's part of who I am as a person, I guess. I don't know. I do know. That's not an, see, here we go again. This is more, more of this meta talk. This is what was missing in this episode. And we're gonna, we're gonna fill it in here at the end, just so you're, I, I know some of you just wanted this. So here we are talking about it. Um, no, that's, that's it. Two, two episodes. We've got two of them done. I'm I'm already excited for episode three. I don't know about you guys. Um, see now this is just cringy, and I need to wrap this up. So, <laughs> um, I apologize if today's episode was it wasn't sad or depressing, but I mean I talked about death in kind of a weird way. I don't know. I just think that these are you know interesting that things, tidbits, car accidents that have happened to me. So. I just, I wanted to share them. I wanted to talk about them. I haven't talked about them in a while. I don't think, some of these accidents, I don't think I've told anyone have ever happened to me. So, so yeah. Anyways, I won't, I won't ramble on longer. I don't want to make this much more than an hour. So anyways, thank you for listening. If you didn't listen to the whole thing, if you just skip to the end, go back and listen. I actually revealed the winning lottery numbers for the Powerball this week. You, But you need to listen to the whole thing in order to get them. So make sure you listen to every minute. Actually, listen to it twice just to make sure you didn't get the numbers wrong. 
it's it's encoded. So make sure you have your um, calculator out to count the syllables of my sentences. So yep, go back and do that. Um, thanks for listening. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. That was. <sighs> I need to figure out how to end this show properly. Well, we're still working on the show. You know, see, this is my my next biggest hump to get over is how to end this freaking show. So, with that, thank you for listening, and I will see you next week. Peace.